Good morning, River family. It's been a rough week. And to be honest, as a mom, when I saw a man slowly die and call out for his mom, I was heartbroken. And I've been trying to meditate on Galatians 3.28, that we are one in the Lord. We're neither Greek nor Jew, woman or man, but we're one in the Lord. And so this morning, we as a River Church, we're gonna do something different. We're gonna listen. Todd is gonna sit down with Pastor Joseph Hamilton and just have a conversation. And we're gonna try to be humble, to hear God's voice and, and to listen. Well, good morning. Good morning, River Church. Good morning, friends. Good morning, uh, anyone that's watching. We're gonna do something a little different this morning. If ever there's a time to hit the pause button on a sermon, it's now. And just to have ears to hear, to listen. I'm Todd Windorf, one of the pastors of the River Church, and I have a very special guest, a friend that I've known a long time, Joseph Hamilton. It is so good to be with you again. You, we go back a long ways, don't we? We do, we do. And it's good to be here. Thank you for allowing me an opportunity to be with you and your church and all those that would see the video today. Thank you. Well, thank you, Joseph. I love you, brother. Love uh, you too. And uh, I feel like we, over the last many years, over, gosh, 14 years, mm -hmm. we have spoken the truth to one another. Mm -hmm. We have lived life together. Our churches have teamed up mm -hmm. in ministry. Mm -hmm. um, you've been to our church to preach. Many mm -hmm. people will recognize you and go, that's Joseph Hamilton. Mm -hmm. I know him. And your choir has been, I've been to your church and, you know, uh, we've had some good, good times, some good times together. Yeah. Yeah. Real good times. And I, and we're going to continue. Memorable times. Memorable. Serving together. Yeah. And we started, you were in a class uh -huh. and uh, we met mm -hmm. and uh, you were planning your church, mm -hmm. one in Christ church mm -hmm. as the river was being planted. And so we, we just had this mutual Mm -hmm. affection and relationship didn't we mm -hmm. we did we love did. that yeah. i feel like you gave me so much encouragement mm -hmm. and i was just good to know somebody else that was going through the same thing i was going through. <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're a particular a peculiar breed uh, church planners <laughs> why in the world did we do that compelled <laughs> compelled uh, tell me about yourself tell 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 the church tell mm -hmm. people that are watching about yourself mm -hmm. joseph mm -hmm. would you Okay. Okay. So again, my name is Joseph Hamilton. Uh, I, I planted a church that is no longer in existence. We lasted for 14 and a half years uh, in the inner city of Los Angeles. We were uh, what World Impact would call ministering to the urban poor. So we didn't have a budget. I didn't come out with a church planning plan. I was teaching Bible study. And from there, I just had this passion to continue to shepherd those that God had called to me. That said, uh, I'm a psychotherapist, a marriage and family therapist. I am a father. I am a husband. I am a grandfather uh, and also an entrepreneur. I run the and founded the uh, Martin Home Reintegration Program for formerly incarcerated men. Well, let's jump right into it, uh, Joseph. The reason why we mm -hmm. talked and, mm -hmm. and uh, reconnected and uh, I, I invited you up here is for us to have a listening ear. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, we want to understand what's going on. Mm -hmm. We, we want to hear from uh, a pastor, mm -hmm. a, a friend, mm -hmm. uh, a member 
of your black community that um, truly is hurting right now and crying out. And um, the only way I can see it is um, what can we, how can we help? But first, can we listen? Can we hear? So tell us what's going on from your perspective right now. This, um, this incident, George Floyd, and the snuffing out of his innocent life has created an outrage across the country. No question. From your perspective, what does this look like and where are we today? Thank you. Uh, first, let me just preface everything that I say with uh, I am one voice in the African-American community, and there may be millions of people that agree with me, but I am one voice. And uh, so I am sharing my personal opinion. It, it is rooted in the context of several conversations with African-American leaders and pastors uh, and neighbors uh, as well. But this is, this is how I have uh, synthesized what is happening right now uh, globally, nationally, but also personally. And so the first thing that I, I, I recognize is that there's a lot of pain. There's always been a lot of pain in the African-American community. From 1619, when we first came to this country, our, our, our experience has been that of oppression, abuse, crime, that, that has been our experience here. And it was, it's been perpetrated on us. And so I believe that over time, people who have experienced trauma and generational trauma, there's a lot of hurt that hasn't been healed. And eventually there's a pressure cooker. Notwithstanding, we have been in quarantine uh, because of COVID-19. And, and black families, African-American families, are what you call multi, they have multi-generational homes. They have not only their parents, hopefully there's both parents in there, but they have siblings, but they also have maybe an uncle or an aunt or grandparents. And so you have uh, African-American families that are confined in smaller spaces. Uh, incidentally, that's why when you look at the death cases um, with COVID-19, as it relates to African-Americans, they're usually twice as high or three times as high in terms of the percentage. So California, we're 6% of the uh, population with 12% of the deaths. Uh, so there's a, lot of, there's a lot of pain and frustration. Uh, this is not something new. The African-American community has been saying that police are abusing their power. We have been saying that for years, for decades. And every so often, the pressure cooker pops, and then there's a response. Uh, but it's a, sad, it's a sad piece that in the midst of this video, there is this cognitive dissonance. And right now, I'm speaking to the body of believers. There's this cognitive dissonance that allows us to see a person with inhumane treatment to be treated wrongly, as if they're not human, and there not be an emotional response, there not be a desire to uh, let your voice be heard because uh, George Floyd is not the first. He is not the first. And when you look at the coroner's response to why they said that he died, they said, oh, he had underlying health issues. As if I am crazy enough to think that he was about to die anyways. No, this man wasn't about to die. He died because there was a knee on his neck. And we have to say it. We've got to speak truth to power and be honest with ourselves. Mm -hmm. I, um, I think a lot of people are feeling like um, uh, 
we don't know what to say. Because especially from the white community, Joseph, we've never experienced that. You personally have. This is not just simply you standing up and saying something against oppression. This is something you're saying that's deep in your own heart because it's personally happened to you, hasn't it? It has, it has. Would you be willing to share that? I, I, I will. Um, I haven't shared this with too many people, but uh, around six, uh, eight months ago, I was uh, coming to my office dressed similarly, ready to do some work. It was, it was at nighttime, actually, about six o'clock in the evening. When I pulled up in front of my office, police pulled up behind me. Uh, I got out as I would normally do when they say, let me see your license and your registration uh, and your insurance. And so I proceeded to give them all that information. And I asked them, why did you, why did you pull me over? And they said, we'll tell you in a minute. And as they began to check my background, uh, my drummer was actually in my office and he was at the door when he saw me get pulled over. And he said to the police officers, he's a pastor, he's a pastor. And they said, okay, you stay over there. And they proceeded to check my credentials or my background. Mm -hmm. And in the process, uh, one of the guys began, one of the officers said to me, um, is it okay if we check your truck for guns and drugs. Now here I am, 48 years old, father, husband, college grad. I've started nonprofits and churches. And here he would say, I want to check your truck for guns and drugs. When he said that to me, there were two officers standing. One was here where Todd is. The other officer moved from here and came behind me. And I said to the officer, I said, hey, as I backed up against the wall, I said, I feel threatened now. We know what happens when police encounter black men. And he said, oh no, LAPD doesn't do that. That's not LAPD. You're, you're just, you know, you're, you're too emotional. And I said, well, that's what I'm feeling right now. And I said, if you need to check, search my truck, you can search my truck. And the officer looked at me and said, well, since you're saying it's okay, I won't do it. It was such an insult because one of the things that we have, a saying that we have in the African-American community, and, and this may just be a part of, of my network, is it doesn't matter how much education you have. It doesn't matter how much wealth you have. It doesn't matter how much influence you have. As long as you're in America, a black man is still a nigger a nigger, still a nigger. And that's how I felt on that night. And this is not an isolated incident. If you are a person of my color, it is not an isolated incident. It happens regularly. And so we have been crying out about this, but for the most part, people have been silent. It reminds me of Martin Luther King's letter to, uh, from a Birmingham jail yeah. where Christians all over. And for me, this is not a, a black and white issue. This is a human rights issue. This is an issue where Jesus, he talks about uh, in Matthew 25, when he says, did you visit the sick? Did you feed uh, the hungry? Did you visit me when I was in prison? If you've done it to the least of these, my brethren, then you've done it unto me. 
I don't understand how people can say that they love God and there, and there is a whale that gets beached on the shore and you see these acts of kindness and generosity to get this whale back into the water. But when African-American men are killed by police officers, there is silence. It's unbelievable. It hurts. You know, when you first told me that story yesterday as we were talking, um, I remember the emotion I felt. It was emotion of deep sadness, like deep within my heart. It was one of the, probably the first time that I could, I did what Soon Cha Ra wrote a book called Many Colors. He's a North Park professor and he's written a lot on lament, but he's written this book on many colors and he's describing how the church is many colors. And, um, and yet he says one of the things that has um, happened in the context of the churches is that Martin Luther King said, he's the one who said it, 11 a.m. on Sunday is the most segregated, segregated. hour. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, the reality is we are culture, there's cultural differences in lots of different groups, ethnic groups and colors and, and people and socioeconomic backgrounds. And he said, what we need to have is cultural intelligence. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're doing. We're, we're gaining cultural intelligence. We're understanding a culture, mm -hmm. um, each other's different differences in their, in their culture. But I think emotionally we're feeling great sadness. Like this is mm -hmm. not the way God intended it. This is mm -hmm. not the paradise of God. Mm -hmm. um, one of the most beautiful scenes in the scriptures is in Revelation chapter seven, verse nine, when it says all the nations of the world and all the races of the world and all the tribes of the world will gather together at the throne of God and with the angels will sing glory and honor and power to God Almighty. What a beautiful scene. That's the future. That's where we're headed. Yes, we are yes. all going to be together. Mm -hmm. And we are going to be crying out to the glory of God. Mm -hmm. And yet now we live in a time where, where there is so much diversity and there is so much animosity and difference of opinion and cultural differences. How, what do we do? How do we move forward? How do we take cultural intelligence, learning about culture, listening, understanding, and put it into action? And that's where we need to go. We definitely need to be there. I know the first thing. I've been reading um, a lot of the, the laments and, and a lot of the prayers in the Old Testament, La uh, Lamentations chapter 3, 40 to 42, uh, Jeremiah cries out, oh God, for, on behalf of the nations, be on behalf of my own nation and my own people, I cry out to you, our sins are great. They have separated us from you, O oh Lord. We have made a mess of things. And it starts with ourselves. It starts here personally with myself and my own prejudice and my own le level of apathy and just saying, well, that's just reality. I'm just going to get back to my own life. And I don't think we're going to get back to our old life. I really don't. You couple what's happened recently and the, and I'm talking about the, the peaceful, pro I'm talking about the godly protests. I'm talking about people that uh, truly are, uh, wanting to voice an opinion and stand with the African-American community. And uh, you couple that with the pandemic and the hardship people are experiencing. We have just this crack, these waves crashing together that is forming, I think, a moment in our history where God is getting our attention saying, stop it, stop it, listen, 
shut up and listen to me. I want to speak into your lives. I want to speak into the church. I want to speak into what is going on. And I want you to listen and I want you to do things differently. Mm -hmm. This is a moment where the reset button could be hit and things could be different. But we got to move forward. Mm -hmm. You know, and I also want to say before I ask you my next question, mm -hmm. that we understand I was with Sergeant Chuck Reed, who mm -hmm. is a dear brother in Christ. Mm -hmm. He's a great guy, love the guy. And he, um, he's down at uh, Palos Verdes and there's all these young kids out with their signs and horns are honking yesterday and driving by. It was a beautiful mm -hmm. scene of young people standing saying, we wanna see, we wanna see change. Mm -hmm. And uh, Chuck and I were talking and, and uh, he said, Todd, we as police officers wanna stand with these protesters. Mm -hmm. The day before they were on their knees praying with protesters. Mm -hmm. That's the scene that needs to be shown because mm -hmm. he said, nobody hates a bad cop like a cop like a good cop. Yeah. And, yeah. and he, my, my nephew, mm -hmm. Nolan Turner is in Fullerton right now, a young man, my son's age, 26 years old. Mm -hmm. He's a brand new police officer. Mm -hmm. He's a good kid. And he wants to do right. He wants mm -hmm. to serve his community. Mm -hmm. And there are good people out there doing that. Mm -hmm. And how do we bring the goodness mm -hmm. of humanity with law enforcement and people and the church mm -hmm. and different backgrounds together? What do we do? Mm -hmm. What's our next step? What do you think? Mm -hmm. and, and let me just say, I also agree that there are uh, a lot of good police officers. I have uh, friends who are captains. I have friends yeah. who are chiefs. Uh, they're, they're, and they want to do good. They want to do good in the community. I think uh, the first step uh, towards, um, and, and, I, and I use this word loosely, racial reconciliation. Uh, and I say that because when you, when you define reconciliation, it means to re-bring back uh, to a state of friendship. That's what reconciliation means. But for me as an African-American man, there is no state that I would like to be brought back to in this nation the way that it has been. I would like to have equity. Mm. I would like to have access. Uh, and so uh, for me, uh, reconciliation is, is not necessarily the best thing, although I understand the spirit behind saying, let's be reconciled again. The other part is, is being able to have conversations. One of the things that this civil unrest has done is it has allowed many people to have multiple conversations. I think everybody's opinion is valid, but at the end of the day, it's important that each of us be heard. One of the challenges for the African-American community is that we've been saying the same things again and again for decades, and we have not been heard. There is a Swahili uh, word that says it's called sawabona sawabona it means that I see you but not only that I see you but I see you for who you are and I accept you and I think for uh, uh, by and large African Americans and the problems and the difficulties of life that they're they're struggling with have been unseen and so the fact that we're having this conversation together means that now you're able to see me through different eyes. And I praise God for that. And so the first thing we need to do is to be able to just look at each other and see each other. After we have seen each other, put ourselves in each other's place, right? You, I, I get it. You don't know what it means to be an African-American man. And the only way you will know it is to share with me, first of all, 
with trust. You have to trust that what I'm telling you is honest, right? We have to build and establish a rapport. And so I would say, uh, go out of your way. That's what that's what you did. I mean, I think when we met, and then I'm just going to segue. When we met, he was my professor at Biola. And yes, we had something in common because we had planted churches. But Todd actually took the time to reach out and to get to know me even more. And, I, and I've appreciated that even until today. So much so that he asked me to come and speak to the River Church. And uh, uh, because my grade, I love, I love A's. And uh, my grade was a, I think I was a high B at that time. But I, high B's are not good enough. I love A's. And so he asked me to come and speak to his church. And I said to him, I said, hey, um, if I go to your church, will that give me the extra credit I need to get an A? And he said to me, I don't know about that, Joseph. I don't know about that. Uh, I ended up coming anyways. And when I got my grade, I had that A. <laughs> That's because you worked really hard on the final. I did. You're a good student. Thank you. Uh, but just taking the time to get to know someone that is different. I think uh, the, the scripture talks about the Good Samaritan in, in the Gospel of Luke. And you see the priest and the Levite, they were able to walk by a person who was hurting and in need of help. And the Good Samaritan came. I think each of us has to begin to practice what the Good Samaritan did. He sawaboned the man. He saw him. Not only for... Uh, Physically, he saw him, yeah. but he saw what condition he was in, yeah. and that condition led him to action, not just to a mere conversation, but it led him to act on his behalf. He took resources that belonged to him and gave it to the man to help him get better. And I think that that's a, a, another part, viable part of us coming together mm -hmm. and healing this brokenness. I, I don't believe for one second that African-Americans are the only ones that are broken. The fact that people can look at what's happening to African-Americans and not have a visceral response to it means that they have to be broken as well. And that's the thing, hurt people will hurt people and sin never happens in a vacuum. We are all impacted by it. Yeah, yeah, that's a good word. Joseph, we have a few more minutes left and um... When I think of you and I, I, I think this is a picture of the gospel because as Paul says in Ephesians chapter 2 in those verse 11 to 22 that he has broken down the dividing wall between the Jew and the Gentiles, a mm -hmm. picture of breaking down the wall between races. Mm -hmm. And what that communicates to me is the gospel is black and white. Mm -hmm. and. That's where it starts. The gospel we are preaching is black and white. Mm -hmm. It's not one or the other. Mm -hmm. so it's not one's greater than the other. Mm -hmm. It's we are the gospel together. Yes. So how do we partner together mm -hmm. as the African-American church, as the white church, the Hispanic church, Asian church? There are lots of different churches out there. And we understand there's cultural difference. Mm -hmm. How do we partner together? to make a difference in this world. The church's responsibility mm -hmm. is to be the steward of culture. Mm -hmm. And if we fail to be the steward of culture, what are we really doing? Mm -hmm. What are we doing? Mm -hmm. We've got to turn the tide. Yeah, It's yeah. time. Yeah. And as my 
dear friend, Fran Burgi, who's the president of Cal State Fullerton, who has written an open letter, two-page open letter to Cal State Fullerton students of all colors, of all backgrounds and races. I mean, he is a lover of people. Mm -hmm. You know Fram. Mm -hmm. yeah. And uh, Great guy. he has just a deep heart and mm -hmm. he is broken. He is mm -hmm. broken over this. Mm -hmm. And he calls on you as a leader, mm -hmm. me as a leader, mm -hmm. to use our platforms or our opportunities mm -hmm. to speak out and to lead. Mm -hmm. How do we lead together, Joseph? Mm -hmm. What else can we do? What is it? What's the mm -hmm. next step? Mm -hmm. I think, as you said, with Fram being broken, uh, the, the anointing and the wine comes from the crushing of, of the grapes. And I think that each of us needs to be crushed right now, mm -hmm. that God might be able to do something that we could not do. Uh, Edmund Burke, uh, he says, um, there's no greater atrocity than for someone to do nothing because they could only do little. And understanding that a lot of the change that we may make may seem insignificant, uh, but it's better to do a little than to do nothing at all. So having the discussions, we humans, we are goal-oriented. Our minds are literally goal-oriented. If we set some goals, it will begin to put us in the direction of those things that we see we need to do. I would set the goals now because we have that awareness, that hyper-awareness of what's happening. And if we set those goals, I do believe with prayer, with diligence, uh, that God will see us uh, get to those goals. Um, there's the saying, I think it's Les Brown, he says, aim for the moon because if you miss, at least you'll land amongst the stars. Well, that's what we're going to do, River Church. That is what we're going to do. This next week, here's where we're going to start. We're going to do a prayer walk. And we're going to announce it. We're going to send out an email. And uh, I asked Sergeant uh, Chuck Reed if it's okay. And, and he said, great, you do it. Just stay out of the road. <laughs> Just, you know, you know, abide by the laws. And you go anywhere you want. And we're going to start at Malaga Cove. And we're just going to walk along Palos Verdes Boulevard. And we're going to do a prayer walk. And I'm, I'm going to call on anyone in our community, anyone, whoever would like to join, whatever church, you're not part of a church, doesn't matter. We're going to join together. If you want to be silent, that's great. This is not, we're not we're, we don't have to hold up signs. We don't have to chant. We're just going to walk in solidarity in prayer, calling upon God for what our next steps are. And Amen. then we're going to figure out how we as a church begin to build uh, greater, stronger bridges with people in other cultures and grow and work in solidarity together. Mm -hmm. It's not like we're helping or we're coming in to solve it. Mm -hmm. We're partnering mm -hmm. like you and I have done. Mm -hmm. I mean, I look back, Joseph, the reason why I'm still in ministry is because mm -hmm. of you. You have poured into my life as much as you, I have poured into your life. You've affirmed me. You've given me strength. And uh, that's partnership. And we're going to continue to do that. So I hope that is a picture of what the church looks like in the future, partnering together to make a difference. You know, to say we were glad you were with us today, it just, just couldn't, it couldn't reach to the depth of how we really feel right now. Um, but I truly am glad you've tuned in and you listened and you were aware and hopefully God was speaking to you. As we close this morning, I want to remind you we are going to do this prayer walk. We're going for it. 
And Joseph has invited members of his community and his church and friends to join with us as we as a community walk this week in prayer. And so make sure you tune into your social media, whether it's Instagram, riversouthbay.org. We are going to post that and we're going to post the time and the location. We're going to probably meet. We're for sure going to meet right at the Malaga Plaza. And then we're going to head out from there and do a prayer walk this week. And we're going to let you know what the time is based on the curfew and the whole thing. So that's our first step. Let's close in a time of prayer together. Just sit quietly for a minute. Joseph, come lead us in a time of prayer. Thank you, Pastor Todd. And thank you, uh, River Church, for your time and all of those who are listening. Um, when God speaks to us, when we have moments with God, there are two things that come out of it. One, he wants us to be something or he wants us to do something or even both. And so as I close in prayer, I would just ask you to take a moment to think about what is God saying to you personally? Not too big, not too small. Whatever it is, God will help see you through. So, Father, we thank you right now in the name of Jesus for this opportunity to have discussion, candid discussion about race and faith and uh, hurt and pain. Thank you, God, that you have heard our cries, even as you heard the nation of Israel. And I do believe that you are sending salvation, not just for heaven, but salvation here on earth. Thank you for the thousands and hundreds of thousands or millions of people who are empathizing with my African-American brothers and sisters. And I pray right now that this is a time that we will be forever changed. I pray right, God, that we would hear you in such a clear way, oh God, in our hearts and in our minds, that we will have to act. I pray, God, that we are willing to step outside of our comforts, or as Dr. Lawson would say, James Lawson, not to cater to our comforts, but to cater to our discomforts. And we thank you for, before the foundation of the earth was framed, that you sanctified this moment that we would have together, but also that we would work together. Now I pray that you would comfort every heart and every mind, that you would keep each family safe in the name of Jesus, in spite of all of the economic turbulence and all of the violence that we've seen, keep us safe. And we look to you in the name of Jesus Christ, we live and pray. Amen.
And Lord, I need you. Oh, I need you. Every hour I need you. You're my one defense, my righteousness. Oh, God, how I need you. Where sin runs deep, your grace is more. Where grace is found is where you are. And where you are, Lord, I am free. Holiness is Christ in me. And where you are, Lord, I am free. Holiness is Christ in me. Temptation comes my way And when I cannot stand I'll fall on you Jesus, you're my hope and stay So teach my soul to rise to you When temptation comes my way when I cannot stand, I'll fall on you. Jesus, you're my hope and stay. When I cannot, when I cannot stand, I'll fall on you. Jesus, you're my hope and stay. Oh, and Lord, I need.
God, I look to you. I won't be overwhelmed. Give me vision to see things like you do. God, I look to you. You where my help comes from. Give me wisdom. You know just what to do. Just what to do? Oh, and God, I look to you. I won't be overwhelmed. Give me vision to see things like you do. God, I look to you. You're where my help comes from. Give me wisdom You know just what to do And I will love you Lord, my strength And I will love you Lord, my shield And I will love you Lord, my rock Forever
River family, thank you for joining us this morning. If you want to reach out to us, we have plenty of resources on our website or our Instagram page, and we'll see you next week.